as great as it is to get married, what's better than any marriage? Living out those vows in that marriage to the glory of God. What's better than having a beautiful new baby? Seeing that baby grow up into maturity. So see, sometime in most of your lives, you came to that place where you realized who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, what Christ did for you, and what you need to do, receive and repent. And you were born again. But as great as that is, what's even greater is living out the purpose for that salvation. Now open your bulletins to where the message notes are, and I want you to write those four words in there. Why we are here. Why we are here. See that line that's right under faithful, fruitful, and fulfilled? See, we are here to be faithful. Faithful men, faithful women, faithful students. God saved us, and before we were saved, we were totally unfaithful. You know why? Because we live by our flesh, and our flesh just does what it feels. Our flesh just responds to circumstances. And so we're here to be an encouraged and equipped to learn the Spirit-filled life, and that's the faithful life. So that you, when you die, you'll be able to hear, and right under the word faithful, write Matthew 25, 21. Every person wants me to say that at their funeral. This was a person that has heard the Lord say, well done, good, and faithful servant. Now, when you're faithful, you will be fruitful. And just right under that word, fruitful, John 15, 5. Jesus said, abide in me, and I'll abide in you, and guess what you will do? You will bring forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. I'll tell you who's a miserable Christian, an unfaithful Christian and a fruitless Christian. See, when God saved us, he saved us to be faithful, and he saved us to be fruitful. In fact, just write down verse 11. After John 15, 5, you go down there, and after he said five times, I want you to bear fruit, I want you to bear fruit, I want you to bear fruit, I want you to bear fruit. And then he says, when you bear fruit, your joy will be complete. Now, you know what the joy of the Lord is? The joy of the Lord is his strength. See, that's his strength. If any of you this week have just felt weary and worn out, one day I walked in the office of one of our staff members, and they were just overwhelmed with the challenges of life. And, and they said, Pastor, just pray for me, because I'm just weary and worn out, and all I can see is my problems. Now, see, they were lacking the joy of the Lord. See, their life situation didn't change any the next day, but as I just reminded them, okay, are your eyes on Jesus? Are your eyes on your problems? Well, they were on her problems. The next day she said, I'm full of joy. Nothing had happened to her circumstances, but everything had happened with her perspective. See, that's the joy of the Lord. That's fruitfulness, his character, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And what's discipline? It's the Lord's self-control that he's given me, and I put what? Under his control, the authority of his word. And then that last word, fulfilled. Fulfilled, put down Colossians 1.27. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Glory is the Greek word dox. It means all that is intended to be. We're to live our lives that the Father is glorified. That is, when people see you, do they say, God, Jesus, I smell the aroma of you. You're going through hard things, but you're staying faithful. You're staying fruitful. Well, that's what we've been talking about the last three weeks. 
See, if you're visiting today, once a year in January, I remind us because we're all prone to forget. That's why over 200 times in the Bible, God says, remember. See, yesterday, there's even a family in here, and this family loves God, and this family loves each other. And, and, and I've been friends with this family and this pastor for years, more than a decade easily, 10 to 15 years. And, and so they love me, I love them, we have each other's back. But I noticed they were having an argument among family members. And so I just, you know, I go where my wife says, you shouldn't go. I just go right into it. Because when we argue with each other, what do we do? When we argue with each other, that is, you're having a disagreement because of a misunderstanding. Each one of them saw reality different. So instead of just saying, I, I had a misunderstanding, you see it this way, I see it, but that's okay. Now we see it together. But we like in our sinful nature to prove that we are what? Right. See, you've all been there. And so uh, let's just imagine it was, it, it was the, this sweet couple here. And I would do this if I saw them arguing. Brad and Di, they're like family. See, they are my family. They're my babies in Jesus. I was able to have the joy of So if I saw you two arguing, you know me, I would walk right up and say, hey, I was just happened to be listening in, and that what you're having is a misunderstanding. So you're having a disagreement, so get over it. Don't say ugly things. You're getting mad at each other. I can see it. Right? Don't we all need people like that? You say, well, I'm glad I don't have you in my life. Today, when we review our values, if you were here last week, remember, I said, go home and have a Joshua 24, 15 meeting, where you go home and you take the values that are biblical values for our church, and you make them the values for your home. And by the way, that is one value that you'll see today, that we are to guard our tongues and not say any unwholesome word except to encourage and build each other up. What if all of us did that for 30 days? That we said, I'm going to have the boundary and the value in my life. I'm not going to say anything to any of my family members that doesn't build them up. Would that be good or what? See, I want you to know, everything God has in His Word, it's good for us. It's good for us. But some of us haven't established values we're glad we have values at this church, but somehow we compartmentalize that and we go home and we live without values. The same values we have here, because they're biblical, should be our values at home. And so if you don't have the value, we're going to be kind to each other. You know what your sinful nature will allow? It will allow you to be unkind to each other. So that's why we come here to remember whose we are and what we're for. Now I want you to know, whenever you came to West County Community Church, See, we're going to do something today. How many of you have not been here the last two Sundays? Okay, how about the last Sunday? Well, then I'm going to have to catch you up because today, for the last three Sundays, I've been taking us through our vision statement and our values, and today we're going through our covenant. Because once a year, we give our people, members, the privilege to say, I reaffirm that. And God's even done some new things in my life since last year. See, this is where we're going today. Take that insert out of your bulletin that says covenant membership. And I want you to read that top little paragraph that's in dark font right under the logo with me. Because we understand church membership, that's why we reaffirm each year. 
Now let me say to you, and please listen, this is not for any of you that are not already members. This is only for members. Now you will listen today because you'll see what it is to be a membership. Even the last two Sundays that I haven't even invited people to sign this, people have been signing it and turning it in. And when I see that, when Stacy says, well, these are the people that sign, I say, well, it just shows you how people don't listen often. They just do what they want to do. I've never given anyone the invitation to sign these, but they've been coming in the last Sundays. And I'm glad people are thrilled to sign up. But this is the first Sunday I'm inviting you because today we're going to look at our covenant. See, we've looked at our vision statement. We've looked at our values. And we'll review that quickly since many of us haven't been there. And then we'll look at our covenant. Now, for you that are not yet a covenant member, two Sundays from today, I'll be teaching for four weeks life development. And that's where you need to come. The first room down from the chapel. And Phil will teach during that month in both services, and I'll teach life development. We're doing that every three months for you that are new to take you through some materials and Bible studies that will encourage and equip you to let you know what it means to be a visionary, value, covenant person to the glory of God. Now, we're about to sing a great, great song. Why do we take such seriousness about what it means to be a part of the family of God called a local church? Because we understand in our journey of life that there is nothing more in all this world more precious than who? The Lord Jesus. See, take your Bible right now and open the first page. Just open the first page of the Bible, and I'm not talking where it says table of contents or deaths or marriages or births. You know, the first page, Genesis 1. And it says in the beginning, and of course even before the beginning because God is eternal, what's the word? It says, say it loud, God. See, that's what the Bible's about, God. Now, turn to the last page in Revelation. Go to Revelation chapter 22. Again, if you have a concordance, don't go back there. Go to Revelation. And in Revelation chapter 22, the last verse, it says, The grace of the... Be with you all. See, the whole Bible, if you want to know what the Bible's about. See, I've got a brand new babe in Christ here. The whole Bible, as we learn the Bible, is about God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And here's what I want you to receive this morning. Any area of your life where you're right now struggling and frustrated and empty and failing, it's a place in your life that God doesn't have His first place. See, if you're worried about your past, you haven't learned how God gave His Son Jesus to cover your past. If you're worried about your present, it's because you don't have God in control of your present. If you're worried about your future, it's because of all those unknown things, you're not letting God control that. And what we try to do here at West County Community Church is to encourage you and equip you to see that God is trustworthy to take control of every area of your life. And it's good because God's good. It's faithful because God's faithful. It's fruitful because God is the one that gives you the fruitfulness. And so the best song I knew to sing about this is I'd rather have Jesus than anything. Now you think about your life. There are so many times in my life that I think I want something 
better than Jesus. And whenever I do, I'm discouraged. Whenever I do, I'm defeated. Whenever I think I need something more than Jesus, I'm distracted and diverted. And I'm living beneath my privilege. Well, I want you to know, I started singing this song, uh, I'd Rather Have Jesus, when I was about 14 or 15. Started playing it, singing it. And then I met a little girl when I was, was uh, 18, and then later we got together, and we started doing concerts. So for 42 years, I've been singing this song, I'd Rather Have Jesus, and playing it. And it's my sweet wife. And then about 22 years ago, I, I met these other young people then, and they were Joe and Babs Brooks and Kirk Matthews, and we invited them to start singing it with us. So we're going to sing this song. And, and I want you to know, I haven't sung it yet. We practiced it yesterday. We practiced it today. We sang it in first service. And about the second verse, when I start thinking of this and His goodness and greatness, I just weep. So you can weep for His goodness and greatness, or you can sing with us. And uh, then we're going to go into that great hymn of faith, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And whenever you want to join us, you can join us in singing. And if you just want to join us in praising the Lord, you can do that too. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be His than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by His nail-pierced hand than to be
Amen. Did Babs cry all the way through? Yeah, she's got to work on her crying because she doesn't look real pretty when she's crying. I don't either. You know, some people can look pretty good, but some of us, when we start crying, it's all over. Aren't you glad that God is faithful when you're faithless? I sure am. Because I've been faithless a lot in my life. Sometimes I'm still faithless. Sometimes what I preach, I don't live when I go home. And I'm glad God never gives up on me. I'm glad that God never says, well, that's your last chance. He is faithful when you're faithless. Well, take your message notes out. And I think I left mine over here or maybe right here. And you've got written in. Let me just do a quick review for us. And I'm going to see, and those of you that have been here the last two weeks, don't look at your message notes, okay? Because this is going to be a discussion time. You that have not been here, all the answers are written in today. Because I wanted you to listen, and plus I wanted to catch people up. So you see, we started three weeks ago looking at the Bible and saying that there's thousands of new beginnings in the Bible. It all begins with God, and God wants you, wherever you are in the journey of life, to realize you need God over every area of your life, or you're going to struggle. And let me say that again. Wherever God is not ruling, I'm not talking, do you love God? I'm not talking, do you believe in God? I'm talking about, where does God rule in your life? Because wherever He doesn't rule, you're going to struggle. Guaranteed. You will be frustrated, you will be discouraged, you will be defeated. Because, see, God promises that He's greater than anything. He's greater than our sin, He's greater than our problems, He's greater than our troubles. And He says, I want you in your walk with me to always walk in victory. Now, doesn't that mean all the time? See, the reason why we fail and fall to sin is we get our eyes off of God being first in our life, and we want to be first. And so, what we looked at is we said, greater than any new beginning is living that beginning out. And we looked at Israel. God did all those miracles to bring Israel out of the bondage of Pharaoh and Egypt. And yet, we looked at Jeremiah and we saw 500 years later, God said, you know what? You're even worse than your forefathers that died in the wilderness. And that's a terrible legacy to have, that no matter what God does for you, you're doing worse at the end of your life than when you first got saved. And then we saw that, well, how does that change? Well, see, we're saved by grace, we're kept by grace, we're taught by grace, we're instructed by grace. Everything we have in our walk with God, we don't deserve it, but it's out of His goodness and grace and mercy and kindness and faithfulness. However, we saw the verse in Philippians 2.12 that says God's at work in us, but we got to work out our salvation. And what is that word? Discipline. Now, I know some of you this week have had a rough week. And it's not that you don't love God. Some of you really struggled in your walk, you struggled in your marriage, you struggled in, in your relationships, and it's not because, for a lot of you, I know you love God. I've been with you when you said, I love God more than anything. It's because you have not understood yet, even though you've been here and I'm saying it, because see, here's how I know you understand what we're talking about is you live it. See, you never grow in Christ in here. You just hear about how to grow in Christ. But how you grow in Christ is you go out and you exercise, you do what you've heard the truth. You apply it. 
And when I hear of your struggling, I just know you haven't learned yet. See, the disciples ever struggled. They fell flat on their face continually, and they were with Jesus 24-7. But they hadn't learned discipline. Discipline, what was discipline? God gives us the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, and we put our self-control under His control. That is, we live by the Word of God. And so I gave you four disciplines. And I can just tell all of you, you will only enjoy the faithfulness of God, the fruitfulness of God, and living out His purpose, fulfillment in God, to the measure that you learn to discipline your life in these four disciplines, period. You can go to seminary and, and get 100 degrees. You can be in church every day of your life. You can walk with me all the time. If you don't learn these four disciplines, your life will continue to be just like it is now. And, and you all know how it is now. For a lot of you, it's frustrated. For a lot of you, it's discouraged. Well, see, here's the first day of your life. You're going to say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I'm going to learn to live my life by my disciplines of God's grace in my life. The first one, church family, was what? Humility. And what is humility? Well, that was weak. Obeying the Word of God, right? Say it with me. Obeying the Word of God. See, humility is not being a wimp. Humility is not saying, oh, little old me. No, humility is an attitude where you come to have the conviction that you've fallen enough, you've messed up enough, you've hurt enough that you say, God can do a better job with my life than I can. His Word is perfect. That's Psalm 19. His Word protects me. His Word provides for me. His Word revives me. His Word gives me radiance. I mean, I can give you a thousand things that His Word does in your life. And you finally have just messed up enough where you say, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to obey Him. Now that's a discipline. You know why it's a discipline? Because our old sinful flesh screams. It never shuts up. Screams what? I want it my way. And the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, that it seemeth right to every man his way, but that way leads to destruction and death. Hey, when I said, God wants you to be faithful, fruitful, fulfilled, didn't that sound good? What if I said, God wants you to be miserable. He wants you to be resident. Wretched, he wants you to be guilty. He wants you to be full of shameful. He wants you to be angry. Come to God. I don't think so. God is good. So the first discipline, I humble myself to God. Day in, day out. Good weather, bad weather. Whether I feel like it or not, no matter what the rest of the world, I'm going to obey God. That's a discipline. I say, flesh, shut up. When it's screaming, let me have my way. Shut up, flesh. I've listened to you all my life. I'm going to listen to the Word of God. Second discipline is what? The way of the cross. What's the way of the cross? Oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? This morning, the alarm clock went off. And because last night I did what I... See, I wasn't disciplined. So I'm telling you, I haven't arrived in this because I try to be in bed at the latest on Saturday night, 10 o'clock. Because when the alarm clock goes off at 10 to 6 the next morning, if I don't go to bed at time, but I wanted to watch that Michigan-Indiana game. And I did. So when the alarm went off this morning at 10 till 6, my body screamed, don't 
you move. It was like a 900-pound gorilla on me. And you know what? I listened to it. And I just laid there. And then I started fighting. I started fighting. I did not want to deny my body sleep under the covers. And it was cold out of the covers. So I pulled them all the way up. Aren't you glad? I denied myself. I'd still be sleeping. You know why there's a lot of empty chairs this morning? It's not that the weather was so bad. I guarantee you if the championship game between Lafayette and Eureka were playing today, it could be 10 degrees below zero and the stands would be packed. Discipline. I deny myself. And I know the Word of God says, do not deny yourself coming together to be encouraged and equipped, so I'm going. It's just one of a million examples. See, deny yourself. That's the way. And I say, I'm going to take up the cross, and I'm going to live out the will of God. Well, the next discipline is what? Don't look down at your sheets, you that have been here. Perseverance. Why do we need to persevere? Life is hard. And again, my flesh is a wimp. It's always wanting to quit. And I will not know the joy of living out the will of God unless I abide under the pressures and the problems and the challenges, the disagreements, the difficulties, the diseases, the, all the things that come. And I don't want to miss what God has for me. So I persevere just like Jesus did. And what's the fourth discipline? Single-mindedness. This one thing I do, forgetting what's behind me. Now, some of you may be thinking today, Pastor, that's good for you. You like discipline because you have that temperament. Me, I don't have one bit of discipline in my bones. I just like to go as I feel. I'm not talking about temperament. I'm talking about biblical truth. If you want to be faithful, fruitful, and fulfilled in seeing the purpose of God lived in and through your life. You can no longer live by your feelings, your past, your present, your circumstances. You must live by the Word of God. Now, we saw in those disciplines that with them, they usher us to live with biblical values. Now, last week, we looked at how even the disciples were just like Israel, no matter what Jesus said, often they didn't hear what Jesus said. They didn't see what Jesus was doing. They didn't think as Jesus wanted them to think. And so they were always blowing it. And that's why Jesus spent another 40 days with them after the resurrection. And he taught them things of the kingdom. What was he teaching them? Values. That is, these are the principles from God's Word that you live. And look down there under Roman numeral 2 and right above it, Write down what we value. Write that down, those three words. What we value. Because values are so important. If you look there at Roman numeral one, Roman numeral two, see in our families or in our lives if we're single, it is vital to be in agreement to what we value because whatever we value determines what we do. That is a huge principle for behavior. See, when I walk into a family and they've had a misunderstanding, and from the misunderstanding, 
you go into trying to prove who is right, and you get into an argument, and every time you're in an argument with someone, what do we end up doing? We, I guess you've never been in an argument. I've been in enough. You hurt the other person. Right? And the reason why we hurt each other, because we're all sinful beings. And we specialize in knowing how to hurt people. Now, some of you, because you have so much hurt in your past, you've heard the saying, hurt people, hurt people. And so you need a new value to learn, and you're going to see that value today. See, when I give you values, just turn your page. And last week, we stood and read these values. I want you to know, everyone in the church, I've never in our 19-year history had anyone come up and say, Pastor, I don't think we should have that value because you all know they're biblical values. But here's where we failed. Somehow we compartmentalize and say, I'm glad that I'm in a church that has biblical values, but then somehow we go home as if these are not my values at home. This week in several men's Bible studies, I said, men, what are our values? And they were repeating them. I said, remember the first value because this word describes God's character more in the Old Testament than any other word is the word holy. See, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. I said, how many of you have the value of holiness in your home? I said, this is how you know. Do you watch programs on TV that you wouldn't want me to show in a men's Bible study? And because I know my men pretty good, it was, yes, we do. I said, what would you think if I showed that kind of trash on the PowerPoint? So you'd say, Pastor, are you out of your mind? What's happened to you? See, somehow we've said, I want to be holy when I'm in the church house, but I go home, it's because you've never established that I am not to be conformed to the pressures of this world, but I'm to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. See, you need to go home and establish that your home is going to be a holy place. Holy means separate. Look at that next value. Stewardship. That's just faithful managing everything that God's entrusted to me. I just wrote down time, talents, tithes, offerings, health, words, witness, service, problems, hurts, disagreements, successes, failures, life. See, being a faithful steward, a manager, is everything that comes in my life. God wants me to manage it humble, the way of the cross, hupomeno, persevering, single-minded, under the authority of God's Word. And then when I get to the end of my life, I say, praise God by His grace, I live faithful, fruitful, fulfilled. Biblical. Why do we do what we do? At home, wouldn't it be great? Why do we do what we do? It's because that's what God's Word says. See, compassion. See, Jesus, when He would see people, He was filled with compassion. Just His love and mercy. And His disciples were see, always saying, let's get out of town. There's too many people. And Jesus was saying, no, we need to minister to them. See, you always know how you respond to others 
by what you're filled with. God wants us to be filled with his compassion. Servanthood. Servanthood is the opposite of selfishness. You know why you have problems if you do at home? Because you have some selfish people. You'll never get in an argument with a servant because a servant is just there to bless you, just to serve you. If you want to be ugly, they'll just serve you and they'll be patient and they'll be kind. See, that's not just good for church, that's good for life. In humility, I humble myself. I obey the Word of God. I'm totally dependent on His sufficiency in my life. I either live by the flesh or I live by the Spirit. I choose to humble myself and live by the Spirit. And you know what? We're, we're all in different places, so wherever we are today, we're developing. We're growing. And that allows us to have that incredible privilege called integrity. I don't just talk it, but I walk it. And that's what changes the world. When they see us walking it, not just talking it. And see, that's leading by example. And then, out of the overflow of God working in me, it comes out of me. Isn't that an incredible life? See, that's the abundant, victorious life in Christ. And some of you, you're getting discouraged on me. And you know why? Because you know you're not living that. Well, that's the devil that's trying to discourage you. I'm not telling you this to discourage you. Remember, the devil condemns. The Holy Spirit convicts, and we hear the truth, and the truth will what? There wasn't much freedom there. And the truth will set us free. Now listen, if, if you're not living with many of these values, you just tell the devil right now if he's trying to condemn you, shut up, you're a liar anyway. Okay? And this is the first day of the rest of your life. And what you go home, and before the Super Bowl, sit down, or if you're going out and sit down and say, okay, right, right. Pastor is right. We all agree with all these values in church because they're based on biblical principles. So why don't we try to live them at home? And let's just remember, maybe put them up. Enlarge it. Enlarge the thought. Put them up in different places of your house. You say, well, how do you live that out? Didn't you ask that just now, John? Didn't you say, how do you live that out? Turn the page. I'm glad you asked that. Okay? This is how you live it out. This is how we live it out, sugars. See, you look up there, it's called our covenant. And see, the reason why we are covenant people, you see there, God's a covenant God. The Bible is a covenant book. Over 300 times the word covenant is used. In Christ, we are a covenant people. Covenant is the foundational concept upon which all Scripture is built. And the word covenant means there, and just underline that and circle it so you remember that, a solemn agreement with binding force. In Old Testament days, sometimes even they would split an animal right down the middle, and then they would make their agreement, and they'd walk through that beast, the middle of it, and they'd say, may it happen to me like this beast if I ever break my agreement with you. I mean, it was serious. See, that's why when you hear us teach about marriage, it's a covenant relationship, not a contract. Because that's a biblical relationship. It's a covenant. It's first with my God, and then depending on my God to transform me, then it's that covenant begin between each other. Now, here's our covenant as a people. Remembering our vision, remembering our values, See, look at that paragraph. It says, and write in the line what we have agreed to be and do. 
That's what goes in that line. What we have agreed to be and do. See, having received Christ as my Lord and Savior, been baptized and being in agreement with West County Community Church's vision, values, and covenant, I now feel led by the Holy Spirit to unite with this church. In doing so, I commit myself to God and to the other members to do the following. Now, here I give us four operating principles that if we'll live these out, we'll live out our values. So I want us to stand together, and even you that are visiting, even you that are not members, and I hope you'll sign up today at the Welcome Center to be in life development. That starts two weeks from now. That's four Sundays from 9 to 10, 15, and you too can become a covenant member. But right now, we're reading this as members, those of us that are members, that we can reaffirm our membership. See, because of our vision and our values, I will protect the unity of my church. Now, if you have your ink pen, just write above church there, I will protect the unity of my family. Or if you don't have children, I will protect the unity of my marriage. Or if you're a single, I will protect unity in my relationships. Okay, let's read the verses. Therefore is God's chosen people. And see, to be humble with one another, to bear with one another, to forgive one another, to not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, to obey students, parents at home, grandparents, teachers. See, God is a God of ordained authority. See, always take this home first before you bring it to church. What is church? We're just all a bunch of families that gather together. And, and then we understand that God's going to protect us and lead us and guide us through His ordained authority. And see, that causes us to be humble because our own sinful nature doesn't want to submit to anything. And that's obeying God's Word. Let's look at the second operating principle in our covenant. I will share the responsibility of my church. Let's read. We always thank God. And see, this calls us to live the way of the cross, denying ourselves to serve the will of the Father. See, when you come here to West County, I pray that there will be an awakening in your heart that you're going to be ministered to, you're going to be encouraged, you're going to come to be equipped, but every Sunday you're coming to serve. You're coming to serve. Otherwise, what do you do? You sit and you soak, and it's good. But just put a good sponge out on your kitchen sink and put distilled even clear, perfect water in it and let it sit for about four days. And what does it do? It sours. See, some of you for years come and you say, Man, I need, I need, I need. And I know you do. And this is the place we want to supply the needs. But see, being a member says, I want to receive, I want to grow, I want to be encouraged, I want to be equipped. But Lord, where is it that you want me to serve? And then, the third principle, I will serve the ministry of my church. Let's read. Each one should use. And see, this calls us to persevere. Staying faithful and fruitful under pressure. 
Now circle that word, at least in your mind, if you don't have your ink pen, Hebrews 12.1. It tells us to do three great things that are necessary in perseverance. Lay aside every weight. Lay aside every sin that clings to us closely. And let us run with abiding under pressure. That's the word hypomeno, perseverance, endurance. The race that is set before us. And how do you do it? Looking unto Jesus. Turn the page. One last operating principle. I will support the ministry of my church. See, Philip, Philip taught us what? We're all born what? Getters and takers. That's why we need to be transformed by God. Because until He transforms us, then we're givers, and we're servers, and we're ministers, and we're servants. We'll never have our needs met. Because God meets our needs even as we're giving. See, let's read it. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And see, this calls us to be single-minded. Staying fixed on pleasing God. Just sit down for a moment. I want you to write these phrases down. See, just write down and hopefully you'll remember the song, I'd rather have Jesus than anything. Just jot that down in your white space. I'd rather have Jesus than anything. And, and what that song speaks about, then write this little phrase, wholeheartedly committed to Christ. Then write down, being a devoted and disciplined follower of Jesus. A devoted and disciplined follower of Jesus. And write right underneath that, being a faithful steward. That's what God's called us to be here at West County Community Church. See, faithful, fruitful, and fulfilled. And He's called us to be that first, though, in our walk each day. In our families each day. Now, sweeties, let me just put my arms around of you. A lot of you this morning, you just need a good hug. And I need to say to you, don't listen to that old enemy, the devil. He's a liar. He's the accuser. He wants to keep telling you about your past. Jesus wants you to see His future for you. His future for you is to be faithful. But well, how are you faithful? Let's say the four disciplines. How are you faithful? I must come to resolve in my heart, I am going to be humble. I'm going to obey God's Word. Just put it down. Does anyone have to mess up anymore to say, I messed up? Just put it down. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. Yeah, I'm a wimp and weak too. Put it down. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to obey you, God. Yeah, I know your sinful nature just keeps screaming at you. I can't do that. You can only not do that if you choose to not do that. That's what my old flesh said this morning. You can't get out of bed. You're too tired. You just stay right here. It took me 14 minutes. But finally I said, I'm reaching for the side of the bed, and I'm clinging to it, and I'm coming out of here. And even when I got out, I thought, lay back down. I mean, my flesh is dirty. It's stinking. It tells me lie after lie. I said, no, i got to get up. Just get up and make it to the wall. Turn on the light. You can do it. Because you can do it in the power of Christ. 
And that's the second discipline. You deny yourself. You've got to quit letting yourself ruin your life. You either walk by the Spirit or you walk by the flesh. Some of you have been Christians for decades, but you're still walking by the flesh. That's why you have no victory. Galatians 5, 16, 17, you need to memorize it. You either walk by the Spirit or you walk by the flesh. So I deny my flesh or I can't walk by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit is submitting my life to the authority of God's Word and to His Spirit. And I just confess, Lord, I'm weak, but I praise you, you're strong. And you're sufficient. You're steadfast. See, Kelly's a little baby here. But sugar, Jesus is enough for babies. And you just, inch by inch is a cinch. You take a step, you take another step. And stop listening to the devil saying, oh, you can't do what, Pastor? He doesn't know where you live. Hey, God's the one that wrote this. I'm just the message boy. I got three amens there. Now I want you to stand up and I want you to greet one another. And I want you to tell them how you're going to live your life and you're going to say, I'm going to live my life humble. And then you say, well, how's that? And you're going to say, obeying the Word of God. I'm going to live my life. Yeah, you're going to repeat these disciplines. Do it right now. Okay, you can continue that in just a few minutes. But here's what I want you to do. Take out this insert. Now remember, this is for present members. The rest of you, I want you to join me in life development. And you can do this in four more weeks. That's two weeks from today, okay? See, let's read this paragraph. Because we understand that church membership is an active participation, let's read this paragraph. Having received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Okay, you may be seated. In the first service, you can see these forms here. You can see those forms over there. I told the church, I said, you know, I am thrilled that years ago we decided we need to do this every year as a church family. Because each year as we grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ, we can see areas that God shows us, you know, you can improve on this. Like in the first area, when we were reading those operating principles, see an area that God's convicted me of, and my wife can tell you, and my sons can tell you, one of them that's here, is when I know what's right, and when I know that you're capable of knowing what's right, and then when you don't do it, I can be impatient with you. And I can be even critical. And I can even be sarcastic. And yet, that we read there, do not let any what? Unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but what is helpful for building up the person. Does criticalness ever help? Does sarcastic ever help? No! So, I want you to know, when I said the first service, I'm the first person to reaffirm. To say, I understand I want to be faithful by God's faithfulness, fruitful by God's power, and I want to live out my life that one day when I'm humble on my knees, prostrate probably before my Lord, by His grace in my life, He'll say, Hey, little buddy, you were sure slow. You sure did stumble a lot. You sure were a project for my grace. But well done, good and faithful little boy. You allowed me to accomplish everything I wanted to do in and through your life. I want to hear that. Because you know what? Not for me. 
but for him. I'd rather have Jesus than anything. Amen? Amen. Amen. So you that are members, God leads you to reaffirm you sign that. And our guys up here are going to sing one of my favorite courses that just says this, take my life, Lord. And you just come up and, and just bring the forms and just put them up here. Let's all stand together. Just complete that form as they sing and then just sing with them. tell my sons when they were little boys if I had 10,000 lives I'd live every day for Jesus sugars you're going to be challenged in middle school and high school to take this way and take that way and try this way but just know sugars if I had 10,000 lives I'd live every day for Jesus and then I had a few more years to live for Jesus and I saw he's even more precious than I knew so when they went off to college, I said, buddies, if I had 10 million years, I'd live every day for Jesus. And now I tell my grandchildren, sugars, if Papa had 10 zillion, gillion, rillion, killion, billion, dillion, lillion years, what would Papa do? And they say, you'd live every day for Jesus. Hey, you can take that from me. Wherever you are today, maybe if you only want to say, if I had a hundred years to live or a thousand years, you just start there, and if you'll apply those four disciplines in your life, I want you to know 
Every year you live, Jesus will become more precious to you. And hear this, if he hadn't been becoming more precious to you, it's not because maybe you don't love Jesus. Now, maybe you do need to receive Jesus in your life. Because remember, it's not us trying harder. It's us knowing him and trusting him completely. And as you surrender to him, he changes you from the inside. So if you haven't been changed, don't leave this place without coming to me or to Philip or to one of the elders, to Joe, or to Ronnie, or one of the worship team, and saying, hey, I need to be changed today. I know about him, but I don't have him in my life. In fact, i got to brag on my baby. Come here, Dinian. See, uh, Keith, you come up here with her too. This couple, it was a year or two ago, I met them in Upward. And, uh, and you know, we, I said, let's go through the Scriptures. And we went through the Scriptures, and it's a mystery to me. Because they both said, yeah, we, we want to surrender our life to Jesus. And they prayed the prayer. But fruitfulness didn't happen. And see, God's faithful. God's good. God's always drawing. And so this last week, about 5 o'clock, I checked my phone message. And it was Denia saying, I'm coming to Bible study, women's Bible study. And could I just visit with you a little early? And, and we just started visiting. It was God's working. And I said, you know, Denya, I don't know what's happened the last couple of years, but I know this. You didn't understand what it means to come to Jesus. Because when you come to Jesus, the old is gone and the new has come. And you'll be transformed. And, and for whatever reason, I said, let's just see what Jesus said when he said, come to me. And what did he say? He said, come unto me, all that you that are weary and burdened, because life wears us out, sin wears us out. Letting the old flesh do its own thing wears us out. And it says, come unto me, all you that are weary of burden. And what? And it says, I'll give you rest. But then he tells us how we get rest. How do we get rest? Take my... And I took her into Joe Brooks' office. I said, do you know what a yoke is? And she was born in a country. They don't use yokes. I said, let me show you a yoke. And I explained how they'd take those wild beasts that were kicking and didn't want to be under the authority of anyone, but they had to eat weeds and had to live on the desert plains and sometimes they couldn't find water. And the Holy Spirit was just melting her like ice cream in August in Missouri. And she was weeping because the Holy Spirit was opening her eyes and she's saying, yes, I need to be yoked. And I said, put your head, put your life right into this ring around here and you put your life under the authority of God. You know what your husband said about you the other day? He said, she just keeps reading the Bible. She hadn't read the Bible like this. You know what? You're not going to want the Bible if you're not under His authority. See, if you're living your life, I don't care how long you've called yourself a Christian, and you don't have any hunger for the Word, you need to ask yourself, do I know Jesus? Because He's the one that gives you the hunger for the Word. Something's wrong with Christians when they don't have a hunger for the Word because it's Jesus that gives the hunger for the Word. And she got yoked. So give this brand new yoked baby in Jesus a great big hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, sugar. And God's going to use your example as a witness. I know for someone in here that realizes today, I've been hearing about God all my life, but I've never been yoked. So if you need to get yoked before you leave today, I'm going to just hang around right down here. I'm not going to go out there. I'm going to just hang around down here, okay? And elders, you just kind of get yourself by the doors out there. Let's just continue to minister to one another. Let's pray together.
Remember today, men, this is not the prayer. Just remember, this is your last day to get manly tickets. It's this Saturday. Get them. Brad Gilbert will be out front, John Orr. And there's other important announcements there, but you just take care of those. Let's pray. Father, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you for what you're doing in our lives. And however we've been living in the past, we praise you. You're the God of new beginnings and new starts. And Lord, we thank you for your working in our life, and we thank you for letting us understand disciplines of grace. And Father, we just praise you. I thank you for your mighty working in Keith and Denya's lives. And Lord, that daily they'll just moment by moment just live these disciplines out in their life and watch you continue to transform their lives to your honor and glory. Father, we pray that for each of us. To your honor and your glory and your kingdom come, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Greet one another in the Lord. Praise the Lord. I had to brag on Jesus and my baby. Catch sticker. Praise the Lord. I'm back in the land of the living. I am forever yours. A mountain high, a valley low. I sing out and remind my soul. I am yours. I am forever yours. I am yours. I am yours. For all my days, Jesus, I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. For all my days, Jesus, I am Love came down and set me free. I'm yours. 